Hey, this is Chris Savage, the co-founder and CEO of Wistia, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. So uh, what I do is I love where this show takes me. It takes me around the world. It gives me uh, an introduction into so many inspiring uh, founders or entrepreneurs where we look for um, really great app stories. Uh, Before I get into today's show, I mean, we are going to be talking a a lot about um, uh, going beyond uh, like maybe just a monetary um, purpose that we have, maybe, uh, you know, more of a giving. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a wonderful story uh, with our founder today. But let me just first of all, thank the two sponsors that make this show possible. Um, first is TopTal. Now, TopTal, uh, I know a lot of people at TopTal, I, I recommend them highly. They provide a, a network of the world's best developers and designers, and they uh, would like, actually screen these people for you so that they actually, um, they probably reject about 97% of those, and they just retain the top 3% of, of talent. Uh, it really is a wonderfully talented-driven organization. Uh, so ignore all those other third-party platforms. Go to the best. Go to toptal.com forward slash pool, toptal.com forward slash pool, all lowercase, and then there you'll get a, an up to two-week trial, um, uh, which is uh, great. Also, um, this show wouldn't actually exist if it wasn't for uh, Gummy Cube. Now, Gummy Cube are great when it comes to app store optimization. Uh, they uh, use the App Store data to help you with your keywords and uh, they are very accurate and they really are passionate about uh, ASO. Uh, so go to where it matters, go to gummycube.com, that's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com and hey, thanks GummyCube for supporting the show. And then let me get into th- today's episode. It's with the founder of Donacy. He's got a wonderful app. He's got a very inspiring story. We're extremely happy to, that he's come on this show uh, to talk about his app journey and what he's doing to make a change in the world. So, uh, Greg Glyer, founder of Donacy, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming on. So, uh, let, let's find out about Donacy then. Uh, donor being a donation, I guess. Uh, uh, t- tell us about the app and, and what you're doing to change the world. All right. So, basically, the idea behind Donacy is to provide donors a way where they can see where their money's going and the this is on a on a massive scale that's where some people are calling it the uber for charity so but on the on a transactional level this is what your experience will be like let's say you go on the app and you find you find a little girl in malawi who needs to who needs hearing aids she's never heard before she needs some 180 dollars bone conductor hearing aids this is something that we have on our app all the time so you go on to the app you donate 180 bucks and a week later you'll get a video of that girl hearing for the first time and that's the same type of experience that you would have with almost anything let's say you donate towards a house then you would get to see that person's house being built or you get or you donate towards a little kid who needs uh who needs a school uniform. You get to not only see the school uniform, but them going to school, getting their books, all that stuff. Now, I mean, what I love about this, in the UK, there's been a lot of controversy around some of the bigger charities, the way they use quite strong tactics to get their donations. And often, you know, there's these huge charities, We a lot of money goes through them, and it's very... Um, very black box. We we kind of never see 
what happens directly with our money. What difference does it make when you actually get to see physically what a difference your, your money is making? Well, on a statistical level, I can't share exact numbers with you just because I um, we're not allowed to share that. But I'll tell you that the number of people who make repeat donations on our app is astronomically high for our industry. And I'll tell you that. Um, so, for example, when someone comes on, onto, app, onto the app, they make a donation. They get to see feedback. A week later, feedback comes onto their phone. They swipe it. They see this video of this girl hearing for the first time. And then all of a sudden, it's like this light bulb goes off. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I got I to gotta keep doing this. This is way better than anything I've done before. Because you're right. Usually when you give to charity, you get a thank you email. Or you get some donor relations person saying, you're, we promise that your gift went to the right place. But you never get to actually see where it's going. So um, we've had a hugely positive response in the two months that we've been launched so far. And that's why I love this industry is because, uh, I mean, the amount of money in, uh, you know, the mainstream charities that say they could have easily done this with technology, but it takes someone like with passion, like yourself, uh, who I assume is not, uh, you know, extremely well funded, um, but you're coming in and you're just disrupting the whole giving uh, mechanism through technology and through apps. Um, what's driving you to do this, Gret? I mean, I wondered about you. What is what's uh, giving you the impetus to you know do this? Um, sure. Uh, so I grew up in Northern Virginia, uh, which is like right outside of Washington D.C. Very wealthy area. I went to a private school for both high school and college, and I was just always like. I was just always privileged. I always had like the, the best life. I graduated from college with no debt. My parents paid for it and I got a good job right away and I was off to the races. You know, I, I was working at this company, this um, uh, customer service oriented company and they were telling me that, you know, we're going to fast track you. You're doing very well. And I spent a year doing this and uh, it wasn't very satisfying to me. And eventually um, after a year of, of working at this company and, and doing doing very well, making enough, making plenty of money, I said, you know what, I, I can't do this anymore. And I, and I left and I went to Malawi, Africa. So I went from one of the richest areas in the entire world to one of the poorest areas in the entire world. And in fact, in 2014, Malawi literally was the poorest country on, on the planet. And that was shocking. When you see the level of poverty that is going on in the world, it's impossible I tell, I tell this to people all the time. If, if you live in, in the UK, uh, in London, or if you live in, in the US, you've, you have no idea what extreme poverty looks like. And it's just like a completely different planet. And um, I think seeing that and experiencing it for the very first time um, really, <laughs> really gave me a, a lot of uh, meaning and purpose that I hadn't had in my life for so long. And being able, and, and, being able to see how small amounts of money could be could completely change someone's life or even save someone's life uh, gave me a lot of motivation to say, okay, well, what can I do about this? Because there's a lot of charities out there, but they're not doing good work. And there's some that are doing good work, but on on the whole, they're not uh, they're they're not transparent. And people are giving them money, and they don't care where the money's going, and they don't get to see where it's going. So what can I do to change that? And um, when I came up with the idea for DonorSea, and ever since then, I've had the the passion to, to just turn it into something that not only changes, not only provides funding to these people who are living overseas, but also changes how people in the first world see the way that they can make an impact. And that's what I love uh, about this show as well, is it, it can inspire anyone to 
uh, make a difference. Uh, I mean, I've actually been to a lot of places with extreme poverty. Uh, I mean, at, you know, in India's uh, pockets of uh, poverty in um, North Africa, uh, Africa as well. I've been in a lot of places. That, you know, um, it, it is uh, quite life changing, isn't it? And a lot of us are digital nomads. Are you um, going to some of these places and seeing uh, uh, people uh, actually working there, Westerners who are deciding to sort of use those locations to work and then try try and use their time to, to help out the local people? Yeah, there's these, there's these aid workers living all over the planet. And one of the, I mean, I lived in Malawi for three years. I'm, I'm back in the U.S. at the moment. And um, one of the things you realize when you get over there is, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of this... It's funny thing. You're over there, and, and you made you know I I, I Greg Glyer went over to Malawi, and I, this it was a big decision in my life. You know, it was like this life changing. I have no idea what's gonna like. I didn't know a single person over there, and I got over there, and there were actually like lots of other Americans and lots of other Europeans, and um, I it was interesting to talk to each and every one of them because they're all there. They're all there. They all have their own story where they decided to like go overseas, and they're all very interesting people. And I'm sure you met plenty of them when you were uh, traveling to these places like India and North Africa. Um, so yeah, there's there's lots of these people, um, lots of these people abroad, and, and they're all there for different reasons. Sometimes it's Peace Corps work, aid, uh, aid relief, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and actually, some of it, you know, is, is it feels quite dangerous as well in some pockets of those uh, uh, places. Uh, so, uh, you know, what I would love to do is this is a show about apps, and we have a lot of app entrepreneurs listening to this, uh, people working for corporate jobs that tend to what, do side projects or maybe actually work on the app full time. I'd love to know the process that it, you you uh, took to get this off the ground, because it's one thing having an, an idea. Uh, but, you know, in 2014, you had this idea. Great. How did you actually physically get the app built? Uh, how did you fund it? Um, did you do it yourself? Or did, did you, you know, to talk us through that story of how you got um, the donacy off the ground? Gotcha. Well, so like I said, I lived in Malawi for three years and I was living off of about $600 a month. So I was by no means living like a lavish lifestyle. And um, I, you know, I had like a, a house, I had, you know, electricity, Wi-Fi, that kind of stuff, but I, I wasn't rich, 600 bucks a month. And uh, I came up with the idea for the app actually this past January. And I spent a couple months just like really working on it and talking to different people who I respected in the tech industry. And I'd never done anything technical before. I'd never, I'd never written a line of code before, but I really believed in this idea. I believed in, in you know, it came into my mind, the, the Uber for charities. And then I, I realized, okay, how can I, like, what is this? How is it going to, how is it going to look? What's like, what's important about it? What's going to make it tick? And by March, I had like a really good idea of how, how exactly I had a really good plan for how I wanted to have this thing uh, sustain itself and also how I wanted it to look. And I worked with designers and all that stuff. So at first what I did was I went to Upwork and I hired a guy from, I believe it was the Ukraine, to build a very rudimentary version of the app using some screens that I had designed. And that cost $7,000. And, and Upwork is a website where you can go online and um, hire freelancers living all over the world. And it wasn't, it wasn't a great version of the app. It was extremely buggy and glitchy and you know you couldn't even use a credit card to make a donation you had to have a paypal account like all sorts of stuff were wrong with it but what i was able to do is get a handful of people to start playing around with it and then i showed it to some investors and these venture capitalists in raleigh north carolina i showed it to them and i i asked them for a certain amount of money in exchange for equity and they they offered me 
some money in exchange for some equity, but it wasn't a very good deal. So I went to one of my mentors and I told him, hey, what should I do? Like these guys are offering me money and I think it's enough to help me get off the ground, but they want a lot of equity. Like what's your recommendation at this at this point? And he said, uh, I should take it. He said, you know, Brett, you're 26 years old and this is, you know, you have an idea that hasn't made a single dollar yet. You might as well, these guys are offering you a lot of money for someone in your, in your position. Like I would just take it. So I spent the night thinking about it and the next morning I was, I was going to call him up and say, thank you for the offer. I accept. But before I had the chance to do that, that mentor called me and he said, Hey, Brett, I was thinking about it last night and I want to get you the funding that you need for the deal that you want. So what he did was he and a bunch of his friends uh, who are, you know, they're multimillionaires, they're, they're business partners and they're entrepreneurs on their own. What they did was they, they each chipped in about ten or $20,000 in exchange for a certain amount of equity and we raised about 150000 altogether and um, I was able to use, use that money to uh, hire some, some programmers to help us get the thing off the ground. So that's the version you see in the App Store today. It was professionally developed by... Um, some some people in in Raleigh and a few other places. How inspiring is that? You know that on on the the day you're about to take the investment, you, your mentor comes through. You know the two things I've learned from that is the importance of uh, getting in front of investors and having a good pitch, but also the importance of having a, having a, an excellent mentor. And uh, yeah, it sounds. Um, and how did you? Um, keep the costs under control because even though you had uh, you know a wonderful seed of uh, injection uh, of cash uh, i'm guessing you know with the idea that you had the app can run away from you in terms of costs uh, with all the features that you wanted to include so how did you manage the costs side of it yeah i've i told this to several people i i probably saved tens of thousands of dollars on that side thanks to a um a, f- a friend of mine and also a mentor and his name is scott barstow and he's got a podcast and a blog that you can check out and his his whole thing is basically how do you how do you not light your money on fire when you're b- building a tech startup it's designed for people who are non-technical um to give them enough background so they don't do that stuff so he really helped a lot out in that and he gave me a lot of personal advice and um uh, the 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 basic idea the basic idea there was I had the really important stuff built um, stateside so the the server all of all of the background stuff was built stateside and then we went overseas to build the front end stuff um, and then I also like honestly our my app Donorcy it's it's designed to help people and it has like a really uh, it has one of those missions that lots of people like want to get behind, and so there are there were a lot of people who who decided that they wanted to help us for less than market value, just because they felt like it, it was something where, where they could contribute to a meaningful cause um, using some of the of their talents. So that was another thing that helped um, our situation specifically. Yeah, what I'm learning from you there is don't be scared to ask as well. I mean, if uh, you have a a real cause with your app, then just ask the people that are building it to um to yeah really help out as well it sounds great it really does uh so um you've got to uh, launch the app then and um often you know it is quite hard to get uh discovery one of the biggest challenges i think the apps to tribe have have here is um, with the app discovery and so were there any big things that have happened to get your app noticed, get it out there? And Because uh, I noticed there's a lot of people um, f- uh, putting uh, money through and uh, donating and stuff like that. Uh, was, was, was there any big breakouts that you had? Yeah, I would say one of the things was, uh, there, there was a number of things. Um, 
some of it was just stroke of luck and some of it was, you know, making my own luck. And I think the, a week after we launched, there was this like random, uh, friend of mine on Twitter who reached out to a guy named Tom, Tom Woods, who has a really big uh, podcast in the States. And he's like, Hey Tom, you, you should check out this, this app. And Tom was like, yeah, sure. Let's interview him on Monday. And so I interviewed him like a week after the app was launched. And, um, immediately we got like a thousand users just right off the bat, just from that. Um, and just had this huge spike in traffic a week after our launch. So that was, that was a pretty exciting thing. And, and that's led to other podcasts and stuff like that that's happened. And then I think another thing that happened, was uh, I'm, you're probably familiar with Hurricane Matthew, which kind of hit Haiti and really devastated a lot of the the areas in in that part of the world. Um, when when that happened, uh, I immediately bought a ticket and um, took a flight down to Haiti. And we I used you know, my influence. My I have a a, a sizable donor base of, of people who are interested in donating to whatever projects I'm working on because they've been following me in Malawi for a long time. And so I, I immediately bought a ticket, went down to Haiti, and I showed, I said, I'm going down to Haiti. I'm taking nothing but my my phone and with the DonorC app, and that's it. I went down to Haiti for like three days, and what we did was we raised enough money to provide several hundred emergency disaster relief kits to the victims of Hurricane Matthew. And what people, what happened was, you know, there's all this controversy about, you know, is the Red Cross spending my money correctly? Is the Clinton Foundation spending my money correctly? Well, with DonorC, you don't have to guess. You, everyone who donated, there were hundreds of people who donated, they got uh, notifications on their phone of videos of us passing out this, the disaster relief kits in real time. So that was a, a great testimony, and we actually got written up in USA Today because of that. So there was a, a whole bunch of um, of good that came from that as well. So yeah, we've had a few big breaks, um, thankfully, so far in the only two months that we've been launched. Great, it's fantastic. Uh, I love the fact that your big breakout, uh, it, one of the first times that people have said it's podcasts, which uh, <laughs> yeah. is, is wonderful, given that you're now on a podcast. And actually, oh, I love, um, yeah, I love podcasts. It's, it's, it's one of those amazing things where you get 30 minutes to just like passionately talk about this thing that you've built and you're excited about and you have this vision for and, and people, you know, it, it really does help help get people excited. Yeah, and also once um, you are on one, and then the kind of like I guess the, the ball starts rolling, and you can show credibility, and uh, and that, that opens up other other doors. Um, Greg, before we carry on, there are definitely some other things I want to talk to you about. Uh, um, one is like how how, um, uh, how anyone who's interested in going to live in Africa, maybe I could um, you could give some tips for that. But before we uh, you know carry on. Uh, let me just uh, re return to those two sponsors. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard of these guys. Have you heard of uh, TopTal before? Oh yeah, I almost I almost used them if 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 that guy Scott Barso hadn't gotten involved. There, there you go. There's an endorsement as well. So uh, TopTal are uh, uh, really the world's best when it comes to uh, finding great talent, and uh, they have. I mean, in a way, you know, they are. They're not the cheapest, uh, um, but they are the cheapest when it comes to cost savings because you go to the best and uh, actually uh, Greg what you were talking about with uh, Upwork there is that um, uh, sometimes you can get a developer uh, who is quite low cost but then you end up with a very buggy um, experience and it's not not a good experience at all you might as well go to um, the, the world's best uh, developers who uh, although they may cost more per hour are actually saving you a lot without hassle and time because they just know what you need and know what you want and also then you have the flexibility of working them and working with them uh, they, they they really do guide you through this whole network of uh, developers uh, so I would highly recommend uh, going to check them out um, 
uh, to uh, really start the process, you can either get an introduction from me or, or uh, you can go to a link that I'll give you here now. It's toptal.com forward slash pool. Uh, toptal.com forward slash pool and they are so confident that they can find you a really good developer uh, they, they will actually uh, pay the developer uh, if um, over over a two-week period if you're not satisfied that's how much they um, believe in their process so that's toptal.com forward slash pool and thanks very much to toptal for supporting this show um, gummy cube gummy cube have been around with me a uh, gummy cube i don't know if you've heard of gummy cube dave bell the guy that runs uh Gummy Cube? Only from your podcast. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, they've been like supporting me for years and I've loved seeing them grow. Uh, they they had a passion, a mission uh, to make App Store optimization uh, work. And uh, they really wanted to do it from um, a standpoint of getting the data from uh, the app stores uh, rather than, you know, a lot of the other uh, competitors were at that time doing um, app store optimization using web data and we navigate the uh, web very differently to the way we navigate the app stores so an app store optimization has become very very important because uh, a lot of uh, the apps that are being discovered now uh, they claim 63 percent uh, are being discovered through search and you want to be in those top results and so to do that just go to the best guys that can do this for you um, you know, rather than trying to do it yourself. It's gummycube.com, gummycube.com. And uh, they've got some uh, good case studies there on that website. Thanks to Gummycube for supporting the show. Um, so, Greg, um, again, that, I mean, what I was really fascinated with is that we do have founders who start uh, start um, their, their own companies. And they're living in, you know, London, San Francisco, New York, rents sky high. I love the fact that you lived on $600 uh, a month and so do you have any tips for anyone who may want to start their startup but perhaps could consider doing it uh, you know maybe abroad in a, in a uh, low-cost location yeah I think you know for me it was just coincidence I happened to be overseas and then I had the idea for the app and so you know if I had been in a different location <laughs> we probably had to find a different way to make it work but I will say that uh, there's the, the the benefits of spending you know a year overseas are enormous. You, I, I tell people it's like if you spend a year overseas, it's kind of the equivalent of a of a PhD level education. You just get opened up to this brand new level of experience and culture that you it's impossible to like really appreciate unless you like spend a significant amount of time in some other location where you're like you know you're a sore thumb. You you look different than everyone else and you talk different than everyone else and um, your cultures and customs don't work in this new location. So yeah, there, there's a lot of um, a lot of educational benefit to that. And then yeah, I think uh, there's certainly a lot of monetary benefit in terms of like it being a low cost place. Um, and yeah, that's something that people can look into as well. I I would say if if you want tips on going overseas, it's always that's always like the tricky thing. Like how do you get over there? I personally went to go teach at an international school in Malawi. And that was like a really great step for me because they paid for me to go over there and they paid for my, that, that gave me my monthly um, paycheck and I was able to like get my feet on the ground out there. So um, a lot of times people choose to, to use uh, teaching as a way to get overseas and English as a second language is a big, uh, big way to do that. And there's a lot of places where you can actually make, a, I, you know, I wasn't making a ton, but there are a lot of places where you, you can actually make pretty decent money being a teacher overseas. So I, um, that's definitely something to look into. Yeah, and I'm guessing they help you as well with the visa process.
processing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's one of those things where it it depends on where you are. The the particular establishment I was with, um, it was one of those things where you show up at the airport and they kind of like fast track you through customs and stuff like like they really have like good relationships with everyone and they've been there for 20 years. So, yeah, lots of different stuff like that is also really helpful. Wonderful. And the Wi-Fi speed uh, in Malawi, was it uh, sort of decent? It was horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I was there for three years. When I first got there, I couldn't even watch a YouTube video. By the end of it, you could kind of watch one if if you put it on the lowest setting and not too many other people were using the internet. (laughs) But yeah, it was was tough to... That was a big reason for why I came back. I I really felt passionate that I wanted Undersea to be a big success. And I wanted... I really, you know, I I feel like it's going to help lots of people on both sides of the world. And I, I, I felt like, you know, I'm, it's, I'm going to have a better shot at doing this in, in America where I have, you know, good internet and able to Skype with people and interact with people a lot faster than I can in Malawi. So, and, you know, final, finally, before we say goodbye to you, uh, I guess, um, I'd like to just ask you for those people that have listened to you and are actually in that corporate job. Uh, doing something they perhaps realize that maybe they regret and they wish they made a different decision. Uh, Do you have any sort of suggestions on how you make this huge leap? Because you were on a certain path and you made such a drastic like decision that I'm guessing a lot of people around you were probably questioning what, you know, your thought process was at that time. But do you have any sort of practical tips on uh, advising anyone who's in that same uh, sort of part of their life, but actually going down the path that they are starting to realize is the wrong path. How, how can they, how can they make the change? I, I would encourage uh, the listeners to really think about opportunity cost, because I think a lot of people are worried like, oh, what, you know, I'm, I'm going to be away from my friends for a year, or I'm going to have a blip in my resume for a year. They're, they're worried about what it's going to cost them to spend that time overseas and leave their corporate job and all this other stuff. They're, they're worried about a whole ton, ton of other stuff. But what they, it's probably harder for them to imagine, but I will go ahead and confirm for them. When you overseas, you spend a year overseas, uh, one, you become a lot more solid in who you are. Uh, you, you can't hang on to any part of your identity um, that isn't your true identity until you like spend a significant amount of time where your only frame of reference is things that are totally foreign to you. Um, I also think that you can kind of spin your resume however you want. If you spend a year overseas, a lot of employers are thrilled about that like that's a really great thing that you can talk about in interviews and it's something that will set you apart for future employment um and then i also think like i mean if i'm being honest like all your friends are going to be jealous that you're you're going overseas and you're spending a year overseas and when they come back they're going to want to know where you were and um, they're going to hear about this experience and they're going to they're going to they're going to they're going to they will be the ones who are going to be questioning oh man i wish i had done something like that that's always the case. And I guess I'll leave it, at, leave it at this one thing. You hear people all the time saying, you know, how I, I wish I had traveled when I was younger. You hear that all the time. Um, you, hear, you never hear anyone say, I regret traveling when I was younger, because no one does. It's, 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 a big, uh, it's a big, big benefit that everyone um, that, it, that can really transform your life. So I would just say go do it. Right. That's um, tr- trying to um, direct people then to uh, how best they can help and get involved. Uh, so w- what can we do to connect with you and Donacy? What's the best thing we could do right now? Anyone can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm pretty active on there. So that's at Gret Glyer, G-R-E-T-G-L-Y-E-R. And then um, I'm, I'm happy to also just take emails from people. So that would be Gret at Donacy.com. 
And I would also, you can follow me on DonorC. If you sign up for DonorC, you can follow me. And anytime I post a new project, you'll get to see that. And um, yeah, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm pretty available. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. And just uh, in terms of like actually um, saying that it's DonorC, which is D-O-N-O-R-S-E-E, DonorC. And I'm, I'm guessing that you search that on the app store, then you'll, it's a very unique name. You should find the correct one. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. And use the app or use the website uh, to donate. Uh, wonderful, Gret. It's been honestly so inspiring. It's one of the reasons why I do this show, meet people like you and uh, realize that not everyone is cut from the same cloth and that we all go and do some different things. And, and thank God we have people like yourself uh, actually uh, you know, doing the stuff that you're doing. So thank you so much for uh, being such an inspiration to the world and uh, coming on the show. Hey, Paul, I, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, uh, all the best. Bye for now.